Good afternoon and welcome to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is just my name, at Chelsea Messenger. And also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We do stream the show live every weekday, 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. We do appreciate your feedback and all your views over the weekend. Man, you guys were active. I guess everybody wanted to bet some games. I uh, hope you did well. I hit, I personally uh, hit a five-team parlay, which I was pretty proud of myself for. Uh, four college games, one NFL game. Unfortunately, uh, it was a teaser, so I didn't win a whole lot of money. But you know what? I'll take a win any day of the week. Uh, we go over uh, what we can learn from week one of the NFL because we are delving in uh, to those Monday night football games, Broncos, Raiders, and then a little bit on the Texans and Saints and what some of the line movements on those have been and what we can learn from it because week one, I mean, some teams were who we thought they were. Uh, I'm referencing the Browns because we definitely called that. Uh, everybody was on the hype train for Cleveland and you know what? My Titans the Titans that nobody likes to talk about, uh, beat the Browns by 30 in Cleveland. And Baker Mayfield threw several picks. I'm not going to lie, that was pretty satisfying. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. wore a watch that cost $350,000 uh, and still lost by 30. So I guess if you want to lose, at least look good doing it. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the games uh, this weekend and maybe why you should stay away from some of those huge lines. We saw the Seahawks didn't cover uh, almost a 10 spread. I think they were favored by nine and a half uh, over the Bengals, and they only won by one point. Uh, so some of these lines we'll talk about and why you should maybe not overreact to some of these teams being good in the regular season or in the preseason, pre excuse me, and some of these big name pickups. We've got a lot to talk about, including baseball. And don't worry, plenty of college football on the DACA today. It's going to be a great show. Stick with us after the break on Picks and Parlays Radio for NFL Talk. And we are back here on Picks and Parlays Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host, as I am every day. I'm Chelsea Messenger, and you can find me every day on Twitter, at Chelsea Messenger. This is Craig Trapp, who did pretty well. In his NFL picks this weekend. Well, nine and three in college football start and three and one in NFL, but you're only as good as your next pick. I know. <laughs> so you know you always say that with the. So uh, the pressure's on for asterisk. tonight. There's an asterisk. Yeah, tonight, uh, two games, and of course, opening Monday night football games always extremely difficult. Uh, before we get to that, of course, we're going to talk NFL Week Two betting lines. Some unbelievable opening lines here. All right, so let's let's hear it. Is it too much of an overreaction? Because that's the problem on Mondays is we like to overreact, and some of these teams looked really good in week one. Some of them looked really bad. The Dolphins, looking at you, sorry for your fans. Uh, Lamar Jackson putting on an absolute clinic against the Dolphins, but as I mentioned, sometimes you can overreact, and sometimes it shows it in these lines. And when they then you have a really good t performance last week versus a really bad team like uh, the uh, Miami is hosting in New England this week, which usually Miami's pretty good as an underdog, which they're always in this series, but opened at 14 and a half, already bet up to 17 and a half, and That's on the points. move for this many points that quick. I don't know if this one can stay on, under that 20 
uh, plateau, which as far as on the road, I think we're looking at maybe a record as far as, uh, as the biggest favorite on the road. So if you like this game, would you take it now? Abs if you like New England, you right. better take it now. That's what I'm if saying. If you like Miami, I would wait because I have a feeling this one ends up oh, over God, if you point. like Miami, please tell me why. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd, <laughs> Let me know. If you, if, you did, if you liked them before, you, should, you shouldn't after that game. Maybe this is one you just stay away from. Uh, other games that I just think teams... Maybe the line, uh, like Tampa Bay at Carolina, line opened with Carolina minus five. Now it's six and a half. I think it says a lot about Tampa Bay struggled again. I mean, Bruce Arians is supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. They, Winston did not look good. Well, he, he threw, that's his problem is decision making yes. on and off the field. And I think he threw a couple of bad interceptions. I think I saw the, the tape on one of them. It was really yeah, bad. The pick six right at the him. end was, you know, I, I mean, obviously at that point of the game, sometimes you just have to make things happen. But he just... When you need him on third down, which is the, is, is the quarterback down, right. he's yeah. not there for you. That, that's what you pay them for, and he's right. a former first overall pick, and those are throws that he's expected to make. Uh, meanwhile, Carolina, I don't think the score kind of reflected that game. They only lost by three to the Rams, uh, which on paper looks, you know, like a quality loss, I would say. I mean, But the Rams pretty much did what they wanted on offense. That's, that's what I'm word. saying. If you watch the game, the Rams looked yeah. a lot better than the Panthers did. And I always say when, you, when a team from the West Coast goes to the East Coast and plays early and wins, that's super impressive. Right. It's, you know, it's not as impressive when uh, you play that 4 o'clock game because then it's more like a, a normal game for them. The other game I think that's interesting, Dallas, well, there's a lot of interesting game as far as the line movements that we're talking about here is Dallas at Washington. Washington did not look as bad as I thought. Case Keenum did not look too shabby. I don't not. know if it, it's a one-trick pony. You, you know, never know cause... because it, to do it week after week, that's a different story. But the line open... Um, with uh, at uh, seven and it's at four and a half now. Uh, San Francisco at Cincinnati line is a pick'em now, and it opened with San Francisco uh, at one at minus one. I thought Cincinnati, my Bengals looked really good. <laughs> I apologize already for because they looked really good, but it's a asterisk there. Last year they looked really good too, and then fell apart after injuries. So, but that was a few games into the season. They that had was five, I think, or it six. was five or six. So I mean, they had a good start right. to the season, and they still didn't have AJ Green. So if AJ Green comes back in a few days, I mean, they or a few games, they look really good on offense. Right, they do have a lot of weapons if they can protect. And that was the thing; it was their offensive line that was a big improvement. And then Kansas City at Oakland, we already see this line moving, even though Oakland hasn't even played the Monday Night Football game. Kansas City at Oakland, eight and a half at open, with Kansas City, of course, being the favorite. It's already at nine and a half. If Oakland doesn't play well tonight. This is one I think will jump to uh, 12 and a half, 13. So if you do like Kansas City, you probably better get on it now because right. this one's probably going to go up. Now, if Oakland, I guess it could go the other way. It could go back down to that eight and a half if Oakland plays really if well they tonight. look well, and if Oakland looks, you know, really bad, the line could even go higher. So way like higher, you yeah. mentioned. It could uh, go up to 13, I would say. And I know you were kind of talking about maybe an over in that game because Kansas City's offense hasn't skipped a beat uh, since last season. It's just a matter of... Yeah. Tyreek Hill, even him being out, even after he went out, I think it's about the first quarter, it didn't matter. Kansas City no, was they have so many weapons. LaShawn McCoy's there now. Very impressive. Maybe the most impressive, I think. Even though New England looked super impressive, I thought it was really more about how bad the, the Steelers were, um, in my opinion at least, I, I, when it could have been even worse. I mean, at the end of the game, they just were running and punting as far as New England was concerned, which I appreciated that. I had the under <laughs> there, so I, I appreciated that. Uh, but Kansas City is definitely one of those teams that, I mean, they are. They put up huge numbers. The line open, the total open at 53-and-a-half. It's still at 53-and-a-half, but this one, if Oakland scores tonight, like I think they're actually going to, I think they're going to get at least 20 tonight. If they do, 
I think this total could even go crazier up higher, which we saw last year, Kansas City's totals get almost in the Well, because their defense 60. isn't good, and the their total. offense is so explosive, so it's, it's a recipe for yep. a lot of points, usually. Well, and you, when you leave your defense on the field as much as they do, and you right. put them on the field that often, it makes them a, a bad defense even worse because they're not protecting it. That's the only thing bad about scoring so quickly, yeah. you know, yeah. with those downfield passes. And um, I thought it was funny that no-look pass that Mahomes threw was, wasn't even close. Did you see that? He, he does stuff that, as a, as, you know, especially Andy Reid, that's a quarterback guy. You have to be like, you scratch your head sometimes, but you can't take that away from a guy. Right, that's, part of, his, that's part of his identity, and that's part of what makes him so fun to watch. But occasionally you're going to get that. And you know what? They were winning by a lot, so, you yep. know, who cares, I suppose. But I think that the other interesting game could be Philadelphia and Atlanta because Atlanta was really bad. Philadelphia, the second half. Maybe the most impressive half of any team right. last week, especially on offense. The line open as a pick 'em. Now we see a lot of places have it at Philadelphia minus one. I think that could get a lot of steam, and I could see Philadelphia almost at three, maybe by by kickoff, just because Atlanta was not good. Minnesota was very good, but Atlanta was extra bad. Atlanta has no excuse for not scoring points. Matt Ryan is supposedly a really good quarterback. Devontae Freeman's back. They have Julio Jones. How do you not score points? Because I can understand their defense has never been that great. And right. I know they suffered a lot of in injuries last season. But you got to at least score some points with well, all those pieces. Well, to me, it's, it's Minnesota's really good. Last year, they were supposed to be as good as they were last night. Uh, but they didn't. Now we've seen that a year later. Delvin Cook looked unbelievable. For right. me, my impressive teams were Kansas City, New England, Minnesota, Tennessee, and Dallas. And my least impressive teams were Cleveland, Miami, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, and uh, Detroit, and the Giants. I thought there was a lot of teams in the middle there. Right, but and I don't think that's teams. a hot take. No, I, and I think, you know. The, I think we all agree with you on those. The, the surprising team that would be in bad was Pittsburgh and Atlanta. I thought right. both of those teams I had thought a Pittsburgh was going to at least, you know, keep it close. I thought both of them had a chance to win their division. After, you know, and I, you don't overact after one week, and I'll go back and look at the tapes, but. I would say those teams, unless something drastic happens, are probably going to have a hard time winning their division. Now, that doesn't mean you can't make the wild card. We've seen right. that before. Uh, but that, that's where we are. But, you know, we should get to the night's games because we have right. two Monday night football games. Yeah, and we've got two minutes. So Yeah, Denver at Oakland. It. We haven't covered this one yet. We, uh, we covered the other one last week, so we'll start well, with Well, because so many variable, variables have changed uh, with Antonio Brown not even playing for the Raiders anymore. Yeah, I mean, what? <laughs> you go to bed on Friday <laughs> – you know, you're thinking maybe he'll be suspended, maybe he'll play. Uh, now he's not even on the no, team. No, he's on the Patriots. Yeah. Then he gets, yeah. Then which he's, is a gut Two minutes punch. later, he's on the Patriots, which is like, you know. For anybody who is theory. not a Patriots fan, it's a gut Ugh. punch. Denver uh, minus three, though, now. That's crazy. Never thought I'd see this line at minus three, you know, a month ago. Total of 43. Uh, you know, I think you got to take Denver here. My best play tonight's going to be on, you can get over at picksandparleys.net as I try to make it 4-0 um, run here. Uh, on the total, but I think you take Denver here if you play on the side here. I just think Denver has a lot more momentum. They just don't have the negativity that is going around Oakland right now, and I think Oakland's going to take a week to get that out of their system. Right, and the problem with not having an Antonio Brown is that he's not freeing up another receiver because uh, when you have A.B., even if he's not making plays, he's at least a decoy, you know? So even right. if he was just on the field, uh, he would have been a big help for the Raiders, and now uh, their key piece of the offseason – now not a factor, and now playing for the Patriots. Uh, the Broncos, I'm interested to see how Joe Flacco looks because we didn't see much of him in the preseason. Right. I, well, we hadn't seen much of anybody in the preseason, right. and, and some of that was obvious in the, in the games yesterday. Some didn't really matter. 
Uh, at least he's a veteran, you have to say, but he's in a new system. That's right. always a worry. Uh, at least he's probably not He's probably not missing that mile-high air for your first start. It's like, right. maybe I should just wait till next game for that. But I think Denver's a play at minus three. And then the other one, we had talked about this last week. Really 20 has seconds. A, hasn't moved a whole lot. I still like New Orleans minus seven. I still like the under 52 in that game. I think that's going to be the better of the two games. All right. We wrapped it up just in time. When we come back, some baseball talk on Picks and Parlays Radio. And we're back on Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. And why I'm laughing is because Sean Higgs has on a massive blonde wig and some kind of chains. And he's attempting to brush his hair that really needs a deep conditioner. Sean, Don't your hair is looking have, a little dry. You usually, you usually have a nice, like, crazy necklace on. I do. I do. So you're trying to imitate me. Well, someone's supposed to be wearing a bald wig. Because, well, I uh, never agreed my, to that. That was yeah, everybody yeah. else around me. And it's okay. So let's give the viewers and listeners a little background. Last week, uh, Sean and I were talking about the Jets and John, or who'd they play? Bills. The Bills. Bills. The Jets and the Bills game. Uh, I did not like Sean's pick of the Bills. And so, you know what? It wasn't one of my stronger plays. But I was like, you no, know no, what, for the, for the sake of discussion, I'm going to take the Jets. And I said, if Sean <laughs> loses, he has to wear a blonde wig. Uh, but, Sean, you won. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate it. Because I know you were going to come, though. And you, you like, say, I don't I bring the energy, you know. So, here, I'll be a little crazy today and put the wig on. I got the, the Chelsea bling going. I, I appreciate your attention to detail because I wouldn't have thought of the necklace because you're right. I either yes. wear like the the jewelry on yes. my my earrings or the chain. Yeah, so. the, like a big a big thing. And I could I had to like mix one of my chains with like one of my wife's because it wouldn't fit around my neck. Her thing. It was like oh like man. A well, <laughs> we'll tell yeah. Forever Twenty One or whoever makes that jewelry. <laughs> you need to make it bigger for plus size Forever necks. 21. Okay, my wife doesn't get her jewelry at Forever 21. All right. Well, I do. It's a good value. I don't care. Is it? I don't. Maybe she does. I don't know. She's more of an uh, ultimate gal, but that's makeup. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I didn't even watch that Jets game because I saw they were up 16 nothing, and I was like, oh, you know, whatever. Uh, big win there. Then the Jets, the Jets are going to Jets. That's all I'm yeah. going to say about that. And they did. How'd you do on the rest of your picks as you comb your luscious locks? Uh, mixed bag. My totals weren't there. Um, whatever. What are you going to do? It happens. Well, back. We're ready we've for got tonight. another week you know, it's coming one day. right up. I'm not worried about one day. One day at a time. End of the year, I'll be at my 60% and we'll be fine. You did call the Packers under, though, didn't you? Yeah, I said Packers. I said I was about Packers to get on Thursday night. Packers in the end. Yeah, so you did well us. on that one. Yeah, that's a lesson, you know. Whatever. Right. You can't, even mean, look at, you can't even look at the screen with me in my head like this. It's like looking in the mirror. I, I was going to actually go with some lipstick. <laughs> Excuse <a> me? <laughs> oh, man. Bad radio. I'm sorry. I'm getting, cra- <laughs> I'm getting crazy messages from people now that are watching the show. I said, make sure you tune in today. Right. I'm sure they don't know who's who. 
Um, <laughs> let's move on to some of these baseball games because we do have let's to get, get some of our homework in and our bets. Uh, let's start with Braves, Phillies, Braves, uh, dogs in this one, plus 120. Mike Fultonevich on the mound for the Braves, 5-5, five 5-2-8. Five, five ERA, he has spent some time in AAA this year after last year being a really good pitcher. I believe he was an all-star. He's got great stuff. He throws over 100. Uh, he was one of the pieces that the Braves tra- or the, the Astros traded away. He was a first-round pick for the Astros uh, and has since gone to the Braves. Aaron Nola on the mound for the Phillies, 12-4 and with a 3.63 ERA. What's your play on this one? Well, like I said, you know, Fulte's back from AAA, pitching well. He's got a 3.30 ERA his last six since coming back, which is helpful. You look at that 5 ERA on a year, and you get a little worried. But I like him here as the dogs. I mean, who, who was guessing the Braves could actually win 100 games this year when the season started? You know, I wasn't. They weren't on my radar for 100, 100 wins, but you got Freeman, 38, Kuna, Acuna, 37, and Donaldson, 36 home runs, 227 home runs as a team. These guys have bashed like out of nowhere. Um, how about nine and one last 10, 17 and three last 20, 20 and five last 25 games? They're absolutely red hot. That's why they got a 14 game lead here over these said Phillies who were supposed to run away with the division uh, when they signed Harper for that huge contract, and they're still looking up at the Nats and Braves ahead of them. But I'm, I'm back in a faulty here as a little dog. Get 120 back on a, a team that's red hot, one of the best teams in baseball right now. The numbers don't lie. I mean, Nola's got great home numbers. I can't knock them. But uh, I think we got a little too much power in this lineup and the way Atlanta's playing. I think the dog is uh, the play tonight. Take that I- 120. Well, and the Braves have a good lineup. Uh, the issue for the Braves yeah. has been uh, their starting rotation and their bullpen uh, and their pitching because their lineup has really produced, uh, for the most part, Ronald Acuna is playing better. I know he was slumping for a little bit, uh, but he seems to be catching fire again. And like you mentioned, the Braves have won 89 games. No matter yeah. how you slice it, they're a good team. Uh, and I think there's some upside when it comes to Fulte. Because, uh, like I said, he was an all-star last year, and he has a high strikeout potential. He strikes out a lot of guys. Uh, Aaron Nola, you know, on the flip side, he's proven this year too. Uh, anytime yeah, you have an ERA an under four, you're doing pretty well. Uh, but, I mean, if you're looking for value, I think the Braves might be a good play here. You know, he's allowed two or less runs faulty in his last four starts. That's not too bad. You know, if you're telling me to come into this game that we're getting a team that's 20 and five, and you got a pitcher on a hill that won't give up more than maybe three runs tonight. I'll take him. That's a that's a good play. It's a solid value play. I'm on him. I mean, Atlanta's just get, get the job done. It doesn't have to be sexy. It doesn't have to have a nice blonde wig on. And, and, I was uh, about to say it's jarring to see you without the blonde wig now. <laughs> it gets a little hot under that thing. I can't. That's now you know that's how, how I, how I feel. How I'm always asking him to turn up the AC. Turn Got all this hair. Hair. I ice pack on my neck or something. Right. <laughs> Feel you on that. No, all right, let's move on. I can't do that. Uh, let's move on to the Yankees and the Red Sox. The Yankees uh, favored by a slight edge in this one, minus 110. James, James Paxson uh, on the mound, 12 and 6, 416 ERA for the Yankees. Eduardo Rodriguez going for the Sox, one of their better starters this year, which is crazy uh, when the rotation had David Price and Chris Sale, and this guy's been their most reliable starter. He's 17-5 and with a 3.81 ERA, but the Red Sox just fired their GM, Dave Dombrowski, uh, fired even though they won a World Series last year. Yeah, last year. So, last I, mean, year. I, I mean, Red Sox fans, I guess, are very impatient. 
But yeah, thoughts on this one? Well, like you said, they just fired the GM. You have to win in everything. How? Listen, I, I like the Yankees, but I'm a reasonable Yankee fan. I mean, as much as any sports fan wants to win a World Series or Super Bowl every year, chances of that happening are not that good unless you're obviously like a Patriots fan. And I guess uh, you're don't get me gifted. started on the Patriots. But um, listen, I like the Yanks here. Paxton is—he's on a seven and zero run. His last seven starts, sub three ERA. I mean, you just mentioned Rodriguez at home. Eight and one, 374 ERA in his 14 starts. Put the nail in the coffin here, Yankees. Hated rivals. This is your number one foe. You know, the evil empire. Let's go. Take him out. Put the, finish up nailing in the coffin. Take three out of four, whatever the series was. And uh, listen, Yankees are going to win 100 some games and probably get swept out of the first round of the series because they're pitching. Unless Tanaka and Paxson come on really strong, and as they have been. That they're, they, it might be a short you know, postseason for the Yanks, but right, unless is, they score a they ton care of runs business tonight. Yeah, they're. I mean, Torres got 35 home runs, and the crazy thing, as bad as the Yankees' pitching's been, no Stanton basically all year. Uh, Judge has been banged Swamp up; bang. he didn't play a lot. Yeah, Didi's been out. You know, I mean, Sanchez, he's got the power, but his average isn't nothing special. But you got guys like uh, well, that's most Mateau, the guys in their signing. lineup. Most of the guys in their lineup hit a lot of home runs, but they strike out a lot. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You got, I think, uh, uh, DJ Mateau and who's that, Gio Ursula, the one guy's really hitting over 300 for them on a regular. And who's expect Gio Ursula? Who's that guy? I don't even know who he was before. Right, with starts. all the big-name players on their team, I mean, yeah. you wouldn't expect that to be the guy that's carrying your lineup. Yeah, and come on, how about, I mean, Trout's probably going to run away with the MVP, but I think Mateau's, you know, DJ, what a great year this guy's having. 24 homers, 90 ribbies, 330 average. Get some votes for the guy. He's a uh, who, who saw that coming from that? From that well, and another thing, it seems like the Red Sox, uh, I think I saw a list of the teams that have lost the most money for betters this season, and the Red Sox are pretty high on that list. And for a team that's won uh, over 70 games, uh, that's kind of surprising. I know people like yeah. to bet the Red Sox. They're a big public team. But still, it makes you a but little that's cautious. that's a perception. You get, you get Chris Sale. You know, I mean, think about how Seattle Mariners started by beating these guys. Sale was like a huge two-something fave, and he historically falters down the stretch anyway. So maybe he's got arm problems, and a bad thing for them is you got him. Price is another guy who the Yanks have beat up on from his Tampa Bay days. These guys aren't – and I don't even think it's just them because the handful of truly elite pitchers, I mean, we're talking, what, maybe 10 guys? 10 really guys that could dominate all the time, if that many? I mean, right. so – you're going to lay numbers because you're the Red Sox. Two years to defend the champs. Here comes Chris Sale with a $30 million contract. You know, the, the payroll, all that plays a role into the perception of people and what yeah. they think of teams, you know? But all right, well, me. we've got a minute and a half left. So your all pick right. is the Yankees you know, on that one, correct? Yes, Yankees, what do we got? Minus like 110 on there, 115. All right, one more then game, we'll Cubs, Padres. Yep, I like the uh, over here, over eight and a half. Cubs, bad on the road, uh, 31 and 40. And Hendricks, just as bad as the Cubs. He's got a 520 road ERA, 295 batting average against. Uh, Cal Quantrell, he's given up eight runs in each of his last two starts. I think we'll see right. some Right, I was going to say 16 half. earned runs in his last nine yeah. innings of work. Yeah, so um, that's really not too good. I'm not, I'm not a mathematician, but you don't want to be giving up eight runs in a game. Well, and the total's so, not that high. Eight and a half, again, that's a little, you look at it like, why is it, that looks a little low considering you got guys with, like, big bloated ERAs coming in. But, you know, the Cubs, they have trouble on the road. So 
you know, that's why I think we're looking at eight and a half because this could easily be like a four-two type game. But I don't know. I think we're gonna see some runs here from both teams. Just look for like a eight-six type of affair. Just late night tonight. Keep us up late. Right, and money, like I eight. mentioned, eight and a half is really not that many runs to score. Nine, that's a five-four ball game. Uh, um, and not that, like the Cubs, as bad as they are, they gotta they gotta keep winning. They're a game ahead of our game and a half ahead of Arizona uh, for the wild card. Yeah, Milwaukee's on our heels. All right, so I gotta cut you off. We're, we gotta go Bye. to break. Thanks, Sean. Picks and Parlays Radio after the break. And welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I am your host. Chelsea Messenger, you can find me every day on Twitter. My handle is at Chelsea Messenger. And also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, where we stream the show live every weekday. Right now, let's get to some college football. We've got Tony T joining us. Tony, uh, first of all, how was your weekend when it comes to college football? My uh, weekend was great. Uh, Friday, Saturday, we go 3-1 and one against the spread. And Sunday, my Sunday NFL 3-0 and o ATS all documented over at picksandparlays.net. Chelsea, you know, I like the fact, too, I went on record here on the show in our college football rundown, and I did say it was going to be a really tough week for the MAC. Well, MAC Conference, 1-8 against the spread in their board games. Northern Illinois, the only cover. And if you were tracking that Buffalo-Penn State game, boy, if you had Buffalo, my condolences. I know, because Buffalo was actually in that game, uh, despite being, what were they, favorite, or they were 29.5-point dogs, something half, crazy closed, like that. They closed at 31-and-a-half. 31-and-a-half? And they didn't cover, right? Did not cover. Oh, man. Those games are the worst. Speaking of that Boise State game where I went on a, on, out on a limb and tried to disagree with you, uh, and Boise State could have scored another touchdown uh, with a minute left, but they took a knee on the seven-yard line, and, man, was I mad. But you got yeah. that one, right? <laughs> yeah, if that was later in the season – they may have punched it in for the style points. Unfortunately, that was too early in the season to go for the style points. I know, because on the broadcast, they kept talking about how Boise State was showing respect by not running up the score. And I was like, we don't care about that. Can you watch some of these other games? Nick Saban has no respect for these other opponents. I don't think they covered, though. Because um, no, I think you know, they were. As a matter were... of fact, yeah, a stat we gave you last week uh, with uh, Alabama under Saban. 0-4 ATS when they're favored by 50, 50 or more. Make that 0-5 did not cover the 55-point spread. Well, to be fair, 55 points is a lot. It's, it's really a lot. Yeah, but you need the cojones of Red Rock to take New Mexico State plus 55 the way they look. I'm telling you right now. That's, I know, but <laughs> as we've seen in some of these games, that garbage time touchdowns can really make or break some of these bets. Yeah, they do. And of course, uh, speaking of garbage, what about this USC team with this uh, first year quarterback, freshman card, Keenan Slovis, 45-20 win against Stanford, 85% completion rate. But you know, with these with this Big 12 offense, we see that a lot with Texas Tech, pretty much plug and play. You put in the next guy in, of course, the quick release, the, the linemen don't have to hold their blocks. Of course, you got USC talent, that really good runs after the catch, and they still kept their running game going. But uh, I was impressed with USC in that win. Right, I was way off on that one. I did not expect USC to be that good. Uh, and obviously, we'd never seen that quarterback before, so I wasn't sure what to expect on that one. But I thought Stanford was going to win that one. But to be fair, I got my LSU and my Texas A&M picks right. So I will give myself a little pat on the back. Because that LSU-Texas game, no matter if you were betting it or not, that was a great game. It was a great game. I watched the replay a couple of times, and boy, Burrow was accurate. But you know, I came away more impressed with Texas quarterback Sam Ellinger because he faced the toughest defense. 
Right. And, and 401 yards passing, four touchdowns. The junior really upped his NFL stock, Chelsea. Even though LSU was, uh, their players were going down right and left, it seemed. I don't know if it was the heat. Some people said they were faking cramps, but that worried me. Because we talked about those 300-pounders on the line, uh, and it made me wonder how they're going to fare in the next couple weeks in this SEC heat. Absolutely, yeah, you got to be concerned about that. Also an SEC tough break for Kentucky uh, quarterback. I want to get this info out. Terry Wilson out for the season. Uh, you know, last year he completed 65% of his passes. Troy, uh, Troy transfer Sawyer Smith will take over as uh, they face Florida at home here, but a uh, big blow here for Kentucky Wildcats. Right, especially since uh, they lost Benny Snell uh, to the NFL. So, I mean, they were really probably relying on their quarterback to have some veteran depth uh, there on their offense. Uh, let's move on to week three. Uh, let's talk about some of these lines to start with. Let's start with number six, Ohio State. Indiana, Ohio State is, I believe they opened as a 14-point favorite. That definitely could have moved. Uh, and I have the total as 54, uh, but it really depends on where you get it. What are the lines you have? I have, I have Ohio State here now, 15. The total moved up to 61 here. And uh, I think we looked at Ohio State pounding Indiana the past two seasons. Again, Penix for Indiana, a freshman quarterback. And, um, you know, Ohio State's have success against Indiana the past two seasons. Last year was a 49-21 road win. But must respect the performance here of the Buckeyes. They, they pounded a really good Cincinnati team, 42 zip. They got tremendous uh, speed. They built up a lead like they did against FAU. Justin Fields accurate against Cincinnati, 20-25, 244, and, 224 and two touchdowns. And this is a really good Cincinnati team uh, uh, that they beat uh, Chelsea. Right. I thought Ohio State was one of the more impressive teams uh, in this week of college football because the first week, I mean, you can say, oh, yeah, they blew out uh, FAU because they're not a good team. But Cincinnati, uh, they're supposed to have a really good defense. And Ohio State beat them uh, 42 to nothing, and they were leading 28 nothing at halftime. Uh, I took Ohio State uh, minus 7.5 for ha the halftime bet. Uh, that covered pretty nicely. But, yeah, it just seems like their offense has so many weapons. Uh, Justin Fields looked really good uh, for being a new quarterback. I think we've proven that uh, he's a force to be reckoned with. And just the pieces around him, uh, J.K. Dobbins ran the ball oh, extremely yeah. effectively against a really good defense. So, I mean, Indiana's 2-0, and but I don't know. Yeah. Ohio State just looked so good. Yeah, and the defense for Ohio State, they're experienced. Nine starters back. Maybe you want to cover these lines, you better get the defense. And they got the defense holding teams just 1.9 yards per rush on an average of 33 carries. And, uh, you know, I, I think with Indiana, they really, they're going to face a serious test. They face Ball State and Eastern Illinois to open the season. But really what concerns me, Chelsea, is Ball State was able to pile up 400 yards on Indiana, and they threw for 300 yards. That's not a good sign here against Ohio State. Right, and they played an FCS school in Eastern Illinois. So, I mean... The, the difference in competition, that's got to be jarring from one week to the next. Uh, speaking of these lines, if you like this game and you like Ohio State, would you try to get this early? I would try to get it early. I, I, I could only see, I, th I think the fact here is that you've got a, a retro freshman Penix going for Indiana. Uh, people are going to start looking at these numbers here. With You know, you got to toss out that Eastern Illinois number. But really, when, when you look at that Ball State box score and you see how Ball State was able to move the football, I think you're going to see the, that line move probably to 17 in, my, in my, my guess there. So you like Ohio State in this one, I'm assuming? Yes, I do. Ohio State minus 15. All right. So let's move on to Alabama and South Carolina. We were just talking about how Alabama 
uh, has failed to cover the spread in their last game. They did cover uh, against Duke. They didn't cover in the first half, which usually has been their bread and butter uh, covering in the first half. Uh, one and four against the spread in their last five. Um, they haven't played anybody super, super great. I mean, New Mexico State, nobody was looking for an upset there. Duke, not great either. This week they play South Carolina. Uh, at South Carolina, I, I did see maybe check the weather in this one uh, because they are calling for scattered thunderstorms. So if you're looking for a lot of points, sometimes that have that may have a factor because if it's raining, slippery, they're going to run the ball more, and you can't run up the score quite as much. That's true, and of course, you don't see Alabama in bad weather games very often. I can't remember the last time I've seen them in bad weather. But anyway, this line here is 25 total, 61 and a half. Uh, it's not 55, so it's uh, you know right. they, it's uh, it's not it's, it's not as much here. But again, this is a powerhouse uh, facing another freshman quarterback. I got to take the Alabama here minus 25. You know, South Carolina. Jake Bentley broke his foot in the opener. He's out until October, so we got the freshman here, Ryan Helinski. Although he's highly touted, but again, it's a little different when you face Charleston Southern. Here is another FCS school you're facing now. The Alabama defense, and uh, you know, uh, you know, the fact is North Carolina did move the football on South Carolina in the opener. Uh, in a, uh, we look here at South Carolina, just three of 12 on third down. And of course, the Tar Heels rolled up 483 yards on that South Carolina uh, defense at Chelsea. So I'm a little concerned there, the fact that uh, South Carolina's defense wasn't sharp. Even though now that we've seen that North Carolina beat Miami, does that loss look quite as bad uh, when South Carolina lost to UNC? Because obviously South Carolina was favored against North Carolina and nobody really thought anything of North Carolina, but you know what, they're 2-0, and so does that loss look as bad? Well, all, all wins and losses aren't the same. That was, in my book, a coin flip game. Uh, Miami misses a field goal there, 26-23. It's not really a convincing win. It's just a win, so right. I'm not going to really put much stock on it, especially since we talked about Miami with that freshman quarterback. We talked about it. You know, these freshmen are inconsistent. You, just, you don't know what you're going to get from them game to game. Right, and Alabama, they faced a new quarterback when they played Duke. Uh, that Duke quarterback did not fare very well. Uh, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, and just 12 of 22. So Ryan Holinsky has got his work cut out for him uh, when it comes to his Alabama uh, defense. And 25 and a, uh, and a half, or I, what was the number you said? 25, 25. 25. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. not a huge number to cover. And like I mentioned with Ohio State and Indiana, if you like Alabama, should you take this game early? Oh, yeah, I'm going to take this game early because – Mac Jones has is already seen action in two games. He got his first touchdown pass. This is the backup here. So if Tua gets pulled, Mac Jones already has game experience. Two games under his belt, a touchdown pass here last week. And, of course, if you look at the Crimson Tide, when they opened up SEC play the past two years, it's resulted in a 62-7 win against Ole Miss, 59-zip to Vanderbilt. Right. Uh, let's move on to our third game. It's Arizona State, Michigan State. Arizona State is 2-0. So is Michigan State, despite having those awful uniforms. That's the first thing I noticed when I saw Michigan State uh, play over the weekend. They both have wins, but Arizona State's wins look a little less impressive. Uh, they beat a Kent State team that I think was 2-12 last year, 30-7. And then uh, FCS, Sac State. 19-7, so uh, Arizona State, uh, some of those wins didn't look very convincing to me. Uh, I believe the line started at plus 7 for Arizona State, and it has moved considerably. The last I saw it was plus 12.5. Uh, are those the numbers you're getting? Yeah, I got 12.5, total 45.5. I guess some of the smart bettors finally got the Pac-12 network because I've watched this Arizona <laughs> State team, and i got to tell you, 
uh, freshmen, they're small. Uh, that's the first thing you do. When you see Arizona State play, they are just small, and they definitely need time in the weight room. Uh, freshman quarterback Jaden Daniels, I mean, he's got young playmakers in the Sun Devils, uh, in, in the Sun Devils offense. It's a much different team than last year that saw the exit of their starting quarterback, Manny Wilkins, and, of course, Nikhil Harry, who's uh, right now on the New England uh, Patriots on the practice. Well, actually, he's on the injured reserve with, with, with um, the Patriots. Manny Wilkins, I think, is going to play in the XFL. But, uh, you know, as you talked about, ASU faced a weak schedule. FCS opponent, Cal State, Sacramento, Kent State, they average only 24 po points in those in, in, uh, combined in those games. Offense really has not looked good. Just a few big plays here and there, but really not much rhythm, consistency. Just 5 of 17 on third down against Sacramento, uh, uh, Chelsea. So you're going to, if you don't have Pac 12 network, you're going to finally, you're going to get to finally see this Arizona State team. And I'm going to tell you right now, they look really small. Right. And, you know, Benjamin has been, um, you know, the best player on their offense, their running back. Uh, and last season against Michigan State, uh, he only ran for 27 yards. So Michigan State, their calling card has been their, their defense against the run. And that's one of the few things that Arizona State uh, normally does well. So that's my question is, it, is can Arizona State score some defense, uh, score some points against this Michigan State defense that's so good against the run? Yeah, it's going to be tough for, for ASU to do that. I mean, unless there's broken coverage, a slip here and there, uh, that's the only chance I see. I could see two field goals here from the ASU offense. And, of course, with Michigan State, you're going to have to sweat it a little bit. If they can get to 24 points, I think they can cover this game, especially when they have experienced quarterback that got their offense in gear a little bit. Uh, they faced a MAC team. They crushed another MAC uh, uh, got a crushing team they defeated last week. But, again, they looked good against Tulsa did that Michigan State uh, defense, holding the, the, the Golden Hurricane to minus 73 rushing yards. Right. They did cover last week, too. They're favored by 15 uh, and beat Michigan or Western Michigan. Excuse me. Uh, they're in the MAC, right? Yes, they are. Yeah, another, as another you mentioned, Mac team. not a great week for the MAC. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And of course, Michigan State with experience, nine starters return on the offense, eight to the defense. And of course, Brian Lewerke, now he's healthy. He's got all five back in the offensive line. So because this is his walk year, unless he becomes a graduate transfer. So Lewerke, he's got to pull up some numbers here for his NFL stock. All right, those are our college football picks. Again, we thank Tony T for joining us. We're back after the break for more Picks and Parlays Radio. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Chelsea Messenger. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Messenger and also check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube if you search Picks and Parlays. We're really easy to find. We're usually the first thing that pops up. And we always appreciate your feedback if it's nice and respectful uh, and you keep it PG, PG-13 at best. Uh, we had a full show, a very full show. We had plenty to talk about uh, recapping the past weekend and moving forward to this weekend. We had so much to talk about. Let's recap some of our picks for today. Uh, in case you weren't listening, Craig Trapp. Had a nice little NFL pick for us on Monday Night Football. Broncos at Raiders. He's taken the Broncos in this one at minus three. Moving on to Sean Higgs. MLB picks. Braves at Phillies. Taking the dogs in this one. The Braves plus 120. Yankees, Red Sox. Taking the Yankees at minus 110. And the Cubs and the Padres. Taking the over uh, eight and a half runs was the total in that one. Moving on to Tony T's. College football picks, Ohio State at Indiana, taking Ohio State at this one, minus 15. And if you like Ohio State, you might want to jump on that early because that line's probably going to move uh, 
even higher because Ohio State looked so good uh, in their past two wins. Alabama at South Carolina taking Alabama minus 25. Uh, yeah, that's a big number, but not nearly as big as the 55 points that they were supposed to cover uh, this past weekend. Granted, South Carolina is an SEC opponent, but Alabama has looked so strong, and South Carolina is without their starting quarterback, Jake Bentley, for the remainder of the season. Arizona State at Michigan State taking Michigan State minus 12 and a half. Those are our picks for the day. We've got plenty more where that came from. We're back here tomorrow at 1 Pacific for Eastern on Picks and Parlays Radio. Bet, win, repeat. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.